welcome back to Shit Shower Shave. First of all, I have to deeply, deeply apologize for my long hiatus. Um, There have been lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of things that have been going on. So I'll call it a kind of needed sabbatical, but we are back and trying to press forward. Um, There are a couple of things, or not a couple, there are about probably 25 things that have happened in the time since we last spoke, but every day it kind of got out of hand. Like I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll record. Okay, I'll record. Okay, I can't find anybody. Okay, I'll record. And then it just spiraled into life coming at me, us, my family, very, very, very fast. So I will apologize for that first. I will secondly also say that my voice is probably going to be a little raspy. For some reason, the Georgia Atlanta allergies are affecting me in the worst kind of way. So I've actually also had a cough since May, um, but we are actually went to the doctor today and we're trying to figure out what it is. Thank God they're saying it's not whooping cough because that's the symptoms I have. But I also had two children in the last three years. So they're like, that's almost impossible. So with all of that, we will jump right in. And basically, like I said, you know, life kind of came at us very fast and really came at us from an expectation of what we had planned versus what really, really happens. And as everybody knows, when you plan something, nothing ever, ever, ever goes the way that you plan. You can plan a birth, you can plan a wedding, you can plan uh, a job, you can plan anything you want and it will never, ever, ever go the way that you expect. And that's kind of how our life has been since probably July. Um, So kind of in that time period when I was still able to kind of talk to you guys on a normal basis, we had started around this family reunion time, which is pretty typical for most African-American families. Uh, first was my dad's, which was an experience on itself, in itself, uh, just because of the dynamics of how family are. But it was, I was very hesitant to go because, uh, you know, there's all kinds of family politics and who plans and who does this and who's involved and all those things. And so it was really a last minute decision because it was this particular one was in Atlanta. And once I got there, I was very, very happy that I went mainly because my children were able to engage with younger cousins and people that they don't see on a normal basis and really able to get that idea of family that we have that, but to see it on a larger scale, I remember we were driving to the hotel after I picked them up from daycare and they were like, where are we going mommy? And I was like, we're going to see family. And that whole weekend, that's all they said, mommy, are we going to see family? Mommy, I want to see family. And that made me feel really warm inside because everyone's not as family oriented as some people. And at the end of the day, it is all about family. It's not about all the other BS and all the other crap you go through and all the, well, he said this and they did this and I like that. It's not really about that. It's really about how do you come together to be unified, to celebrate a legacy that you all are building. And that was really what stood out to me and made me happy that I attended that particular reunion. 
Um, fast forward maybe a week or two after that, we had the joy and privilege of driving 12 hours with a one and a half year old and a two and a half year old. And anyone who knows or has children at that age, that is probably one of the most stressful things that I have ever, ever, ever done in my life. And I left out that my 79 year old father also went. It was a lot of lessons learned on that trip. I will never leave before they go to bed. I will never let my father drive. I will always have snacks and always have a potty. The positive thing that came after the out of that is after 12 hours on the road, because it's a 10 hour drive, but it turns into 12 when you stop for food and stop. Every stop turns into an hour. Um, but that reunion really focused around, uh, my mom's family had found each other via ancestry or me to one of those, um, DNA sites. And we were able to find over 400 people that were linked to us in family or via family. So we went to Virginia and before we went, like they were posting stuff like, Oh, for those who don't know, I'm African American, but, um, That'll be important in a minute. For those, uh, we went and they kept posting about the kind of itinerary. And the main thing was a cookout that started at like 150 people that grew to 400 people. And luckily enough, my family in Virginia has property that they were able to host on. But one of the other events during the weekend was they were able to track our roots back to a very specific plantation. So uh, before that, I was like, why do I want to go to a plantation? I don't want to see anything about slavery. Like, it's just too much. Like, I I don't want to engage with that. And my husband was like, well, it's your history. It's your family. Not everybody can trace back this far. and You should feel really lucky. And so we got up and we went and I didn't really want to go. Um, but we went and probably half the group went. It was about 200 people and the plantation is now a historical site. So they were very, very, very warm and welcoming. The family, the descendants of the family who owned the plantation still operate it as a uh, historical site. And you can tell that she was really uncomfortable talking about the place and the engagement of our family on it. She used words like the workers and their contributions and we were so lucky to have them and we were all kind of like looking it's nine o'clock in the morning mind you and they're also probably 75 kids under 10 running around but we're all kind of looking around like wait a minute worker implies that they voluntarily did this also worker implies that they got paid so quickly she was like okay so we'll turn it over for prayer and my sister prayed um, uh, mom, Kimberly, who's been on a, a, one of the episodes and she kind of welcomed. And then we went around and it was interesting because you don't, or I don't, I did not expect to be open to seeing a place that has so much negativity around it. Um, but I, at the end of it, I was happy that I went because you are able to say, I have some culture and history. And that's 
something that's a little challenging for African-Americans to be able to really trace back farther than where you knew your family grew up. But to be able to go back to at least a place where um, your roots started was impactful and um, all, all hope wasn't lost. One of the employees on the plantation really did talk about the fact that they were slaves and they were captive and they even went as far as to tell a story about once they were freed uh, because the the owner of that particular plantation when they when he passed in his will he freed all his slaves and his brother contested the will and it went back and forth for about a year um, and they ended up being freed anyway before slavery was over so it was a good history lesson for me my husband was very intrigued, took lots of pictures. It will be good information for me to share with my children as they get older and actually go back and visit because it's something that's open and still there. For some of my older cousins or their children, I think seeing something that's always in a textbook is really impactful because you don't feel like it's that close to actually go somewhere um, where something you read about in history happened is kind of um, a different experience. Like I would compare it to going to uh, Greece and going to the Colosseums, and it seems like, well, those things did happen forever and ever ago, but it seems like um, you really aren't connected to that type of history until you experience it. So it was positive, and we had a really good time, and then we met tons of people that we had not met before. Um, and again, there's a picture that I will actually post on social of my son and my, and he's running around in a field and he has on a t-shirt and no pants with like juice marks on his face and dirt everywhere. But he clearly was having a blast. And again, those are those moments that I was like, that 12 hour drive was worth it, I guess. Uh, and the, the sheer joy on his face to run around with his cousins and even the remembrance now, like that was in August. And even now he says, mommy will, um, uh, Marco Polo, my cousin, and he'll be like, where are the boys? Where are the boys? And he's talking about his older cousin. So it really does feel nice to know that those engagements are lasting in their minds, even at a young age and how important it is to continue to push for those engagements of seeing your family or your extended family, you know, once a year if possible. And that's really what, what my dad's side of the family strives to do. And I think that was what we're trying to do more with um, my mom's side because you, you, those are, that's family you can't get back. And as much as you want to say they get on your nerves or they irritate you or all those things, you can't get it back and the, the moments you spend with them are irreplaceable. So that was really positive stuff that happened for us um, in the beginning of the summer. And those were the planned activities. And unfortunately, we were able, so that's on my side. It was my, my, my mom and dad's side, each sides of their family. And then bittersweetly, we were able to go see my husband's father and mother side of the family, but for very different reasons. Um, kind of a week after we got back from Virginia, um, we got a phone call saying that my uh, husband's grandmother had passed away. So we, my husband was like, no, you don't need to go. 
um, you can stay here with the kids. It's not that important. And I was like, no, you, this is your family, which means that this is my family and I support you and your family. And that is my family. So we hopped in the car again. I know I sound so happy about it, right? Um, but we used our lessons learned this time. We left when they went to sleep. We drove through the night. We left probably at like 7.30 or 8. Um, and we took turns every four hours driving. And we were going to Kansas City this time. So it was another 12 hours. Um, and drove. We got there. They were up for maybe an hour or two before we got to Kansas City. And it was a much more pleasant experience for driving. Um, but again, we were there for a very somber occasion and I was trying to figure out a way to explain to my children what we were going to do. And they're so small, it's kind of hard to get that across. A, I was trying very hard to like find all black for them, which is very challenging to find for toddlers, um, boys and girls, especially in the middle of August, um, And so it was, you know, trying to get activities for them to entertain them during the funeral. And I was like, okay, they clearly can tell that there's something going on. They can clearly tell that everyone else is quiet. Nope, it did not work. And I felt really, really bad because I spent two hours getting up, up and down with two toddlers um, who could not sit still or be quiet. And It was very emotional and I didn't really know what to do. I mean, I was sitting in a seat and they were, they were being upset. I was trying to come for my husband and I had to take them out and I was just very torn in a lot of different directions, which caused a lot of frustration for me because I'm like, oh my goodness, y'all really can't tell. People are fucking quiet. Excuse my French. Um, so I got frustrated with them and then I just got frustrated and flustered overall. And then I think I got hungry And so it was just a very stressful two hours. And then we went to the gravesite and I actually did get um, my niece and my son and my daughter um, like coloring pads. So we're at the gravesite, which was very short, and they literally showed their ass. And when I tell you showed their ass, they like flipped out, started screaming, passed out tantrums. So at this point, I am super duper embarrassed because I'm like my kids are the only kids who don't know how to act this is some bullshit so like I'm like super angry and I'm like Preston stop stop mind you meanwhile what else is going on is my father-in-law is really upset and my mother-in-law is really upset for different reasons and it's just all this going on my husband's upset like my brother-in-law like all these other things going on and I'm dealing with this toddler that is passing out and having a tantrum I'm like Lord, this cannot be my life right now. I need you to fix it. And my sister-in-law is there and she basically like tries to grab one of them. And I'm so furious. And I'm like, Preston, we are going to the car. You are in trouble. And not that voice because it was a little more stern than that. Um, But I was really frustrated and I was really angry because I'm like, how do you not know how to act? And even after I tell you how to act and we got to the car and I like popped his hand and was like, Preston, this is not how you act. I was very stern. And afterwards I made him apologize to his father and things like that. But then I really had to take a look at myself and be like, 
Well, he's two. Does he really know how to act? And should I be embarrassed that I had a two-year-old at something that they've never been to before? They had never been to a funeral before. There's no reason. Well, I won't say there's no reason, but they had never been to a funeral before. So how do you explain to someone who doesn't naturally normally sit still? A, one doesn't naturally normally sit still. Two, the other one can barely talk. Um, And so I really had to really take a good deep self-reflection after that and say what truly are my expectations of my children in settings where they are required to sit still uh we don't attend church every Sunday so that's not an environment where they would do that and they do it with my mom but they also go to children's church so I really had to take a, a good look at myself and say hey Jennifer this you're having an unrealistic expectation of your children and I think that sometimes in situations that we're in that can happen whether it's a restaurant or a concert or a movie or uh, all of these places where you know as adults we know how to behave and we know decorum and we know all those things but children are being children and they don't know the politicalness of being at a funeral or being at a wedding or being at any of those type things so it was really a lesson learned that I took for me um in that experience and the only real thing that kept them quiet was food but I'm not going to feed my kids for two hours so um that was a real good lesson for me to learn um but the positive thing that came out of that particular trip was we got to see and engage with all of my husband's family and we had not seen them for about a year and a half so <clears throat> it was positive for me because again you have that engagement of my husband with his cousins and me engaging more with his family and my kids meeting their kids and playing and again my son continuously said this word of family which was so heartwarming to me because it really resonated to him of what that means and now he associates that word with love and care um and enjoyment and fun and all of those adjectives that you want kids to know and believe in uh the only sad part about that is my um stepchildren were not able to make it they had school and kind of after because my husband was like yeah they don't need to miss school it's just a funeral etc and I kind of was like after I was like well you know it's not just about that it's about those family times and that family moment um and I think that that's something that he regretted after we got back um was that they didn't have that time because we had we spent four days um, with his family in Kansas City and that was four days of all of us becoming closer and getting to know it one another more well for me I'm not a part I wasn't a part of that family before I got married but my even my husband like seeing people he hadn't seen in years and um, all that kind of stuff it was, it was really good while it was for a bad occasion it was a good experience um, and then fast forward to maybe two weeks ago um my husband's uncle passed and so we were tentatively back on the road again and I was like absolutely not I was like I cannot do another 12-hour drive in like that was it's just too many like I was like I'm too old these kids are too small we will figure out a way to get on a plane so we did and luckily we did fly the sole plane of the air which was Spirit Airlines but you know we were able to get all four of us on a plane for under $400 I think it was like three and some change 
And there were many, many lessons learned in flying with two toddlers. Our flight left early, early in the morning. So maneuvering two car seats and two toddlers to baggage check-in alone because my husband was parking a car is literally a nightmare. Um, I don't even know what I will do again because I, it's still a very stressful memory to me. I don't know how you're supposed to do that. I don't, I really don't know. Like you can't travel without a car seat for where, where you're going. Cause you have to put them in a car seat in the car and to push a double stroller and a, um, uh, what do you call the things? The airport carts with the car seats on it and then try to get a bag. I was like, we can never do this alone again. I don't really know how it will happen because you can't drop a car off and you can't grab all that stuff um, without that. So I, I, it, I was just flabbergasted. I was frustrated. It was hot. It was six in the morning. The airport people were being rude because I was flying spirit. There weren't any sky caps. It was just like a nightmare. I was like, Oh my God, I want to shoot myself. But then finally we got the bag checked and we got the car seats checked and we're going through the airport and it was fine. The security part was fine. All that was fine. We ended up actually being close and we got on the plane. So we didn't have a lot of downtime. It was beneficial for us. On the beginning of the flight, we didn't have seats together. So that was negative at that time. Um, my husband had her in the front. She was, my youngest was sleep and that was all good. My son, it was very exciting because my son always knows I'm on a plane. I was like, mommy's on an airplane. Mommy went on an airplane. Um, so it was fun to have him experience an airplane with me because I kind of made it fun for him. I was like, Preston, look at all the airplanes. And when we were about to take off, it was, um, we were going up and I was like, let's count down five, four, three, two, one. So it seemed as though when the plane took off, he did it. So that was a really fun way for us to engage. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't like, oh, my ears popped. Oh, mommy, you're in the air, blah, blah, blah. He was like, we're in the sky. Oh, my gosh, mommy. So I'm trying to I really made it a point to have him not be afraid of flying because I don't want him to let I have cousins who are grown who refuse to get on planes because they're like oh my god I'm afraid to fly um so we got to Milwaukee safely uh we had about a 45 minute drive from Chicago to Milwaukee we got there safely and again it was a somber occasion but we were able to really you know see family and engage and do all those other things and again unfortunately my stepchildren were not able to make it but we were there we hadn't been there. We had not been to Milwaukee since I had either one of my children. Um, the last time we were there was actually ironically for a family reunion for my husband. And uh, <clears throat> I was pregnant <laughs> and we were hiding it because I wasn't far enough along yet. I think it was right before my 12 week mark. And I was so tired and I was so sick and they were all having a good time and they were all drinking and I was super jealous, but I was so tired. So they all thought I was just really antisocial <laughs> until they saw me later and they knew that I was pregnant. Um, so it was fun to go there and be able to kind of like engage and, and enjoy some good memories, not for the best reason. Um, so I think in both those situations, we really made the best out of 
the cards we were dealt. Um, now the plane ride back from Milwaukee was an utter and sheer nightmare. We had the drive. I was like, oh, the flight is at 8.30 p.m. They will go to bed. They will be fine. Absolutely not. We got our seats together this time. And my lesson learned from that return flight is they can never sit next to each other again in life on a plane until they are able to entertain themselves. Because my lap child refused to sit on my lap or her father's lap. She wanted to sit next to her brother. If her brother was looking out the window, she wanted to look out the window. If her brother was doing this, she wanted to do it. It was like a night, literally a nightmare to the point where the flight attendants were like, ma'am, here's a drink. Sir, here's a drink. It was, it was terrible. It was awful. And then as soon as we got in the car when we landed, they went to sleep, uh, which was good because they slept till the next day. But the thing we did learn on the return is that my husband can carry both car seats and I can roll one and push the stroller. So word to the wise for any of you guys who have two children and double strollers are park the car, have your husband carry the two car seats and have one large roller bag for your bag. And if you have a one for your small kids, we gave them book bags on this trip. But if your kid is small enough and can walk, get them their own roller bag because they should be responsible for their own shit. So that was really kind of like our life for the past three months, which explains some of why we have been on hiatus or not. We, I have been on hiatus, um, but it really, um, captures that life comes at you fast moment because those were all two of those activities were planned and two of them were unplanned I'm happy happy is not the right word in spite of the circumstances I'm glad that we were able to see four different sides of our family have both of our children engage and understand and connect the word family with seeing those people and really be able to enjoy spending time together. And the other thing from that is you really should make an effort to see your extended family as much as you can. I know it can't be every year, um, but I think my takeaway from all of it is it's very important because you can't get that time back. Like while two of those are family reunions and two of them were funerals, like we'll never be able to get time back that we missed with those two people that passed. Um, So I think that was something that we really took away from that. And I encourage you all moms with your families is to really engage with your family as much as possible. I know we all don't have family that's near us and they live far away. And, you know, the costs associated, the time, the drive, um, but it's all worth it in the end. Um, So that's what I would say. Um, And then also like, even with that funeral that we went to in Milwaukee, like I didn't go into that one expecting that my kids knew how to act in that situation. I, I sat near the door. I um, didn't give them my phone, but I got up very quickly. I made sure they were quiet. Like I just prepared a little bit differently for it um, and am glad that I did. It was a different type of service, but I'm glad that I went into it with a very different mindset than I went into the first one expecting them to be quiet, which was just unrealistic on my part. Um, And I think my husband did as well. But the other thing is we had some other support family members there um, who were able to assist and help. So it helped. Now, going on to all the expected things that we had happen, um, 
you know, when people talk about, oh, families only get together for weddings and funerals. And so we had the funeral side of it. And then we also had the wedding side of it. So I also went to, God, how many weddings was it? Three weddings so far since August. So I had a wedding Labor Day weekend in Chicago. Thank God, adult only, me and my husband only. We had an amazing time. Uh, We stayed with my cousin who lives in a sexy ass high rise in the South Loop of Chicago with a pool. So we felt very like sexy for the weekend. Like we didn't have our kids. We went out and drank. We went to a wedding. We got dressed up. We got to sleep in. It was just a good time for us to really connect with each other and enjoy each other because so much of our time is wrapped up with our kids that we don't ever have the time to do that. So that was a good thing. So that was wedding number one. And then no, what? No, that was wedding number two. Wedding number one was here and it was Labor Day weekend. And it was after we also had another sexy weekend because uh, I had a work conference in Florida that he went attended with me. And I got to see one of my all time favorites. Y'all guy is like my jam. And they performed at the late, blah, 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 blah. They performed at the gala the last night of the conference. And I was, me and one other woman were the only people standing up like every single word, every Teddy Riley word, every Aaron Hall word, like every guy word. It was every single word. I was up there jamming. And it's funny because I'm slightly, too young to really appreciate guy but I really attest it to my sister shout out to uh pastor mom lee um but it was an amazing time I got a picture I was like elated it was a great um we also spent lots of time drinking champagne and pooling and I, I was there for an uh excel conference so it was a lot of good seminars so that was a really good time for us again And then we came back and went to a wedding. We were exhausted, but I went to a wedding and it was beautiful. It was in Georgia and um, it was good to see young love. And I think that is something that I didn't experience. So I went to a wedding, the person is 25 or 26 and we're pretty close. We um, work together and I've kind of seen the progression of, they got engaged and they bought a house and they planned a wedding and they got married. So it was really good to see um, the climax of something that two people who at 25, I was not at all equipped to be trying to get married and buy a house and have a wedding, um, let alone the relationship I was in. But that's a whole another conversation. But it was good to see two young people care enough about wanting to be married to take that step in that vow. So uh, I remember I was so tired. She was like, you don't have to come. You don't have to come. I was like, no, I'm making it a point to come. And I was glad that I did, even though we were exhausted because we had been partying like rock stars and single people for four days. Um, But that was wedding number one. Wedding number two was the Chicago wedding. So we again like two weeks after Labor Day, had the kind of chill wedding. Um, And that was somebody I knew from college. And again, no kids, drinks. You see, 
all those things are positive things. When you can go out with your spouse and like enjoy each other, have some cocktails, dance a little bit, it just reignites your relationship. Um, and I think that's time that you all, you should be trying to fit in anyway. I know I hear people say all the time, I don't have time. I don't have time. It's that dinner. Once the kids go to bed, it's that late night cap. It's that TV show you watch. Um, and while we have been fortunate enough to have those through, um, travel or events, we also try to make a point to have when we're not around. But the, the main difference is when you can have that alone time when they're not around and you're traveling is you can sleep in and sleeping in is a really, 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 really positive thing. Um, but the Chicago wedding was good. Also, they had like an amazing playlist. It was one of my college friends. Um, and I got to see a lot of people <clears throat> that I hadn't seen in like 11 years. And it wasn't like one of those bad, awkward college weddings. It was actually a fun, good wedding. And um, it was like, if you went to a wedding, what was it? What did we say? It was like going to the Love Jones wedding as far as the music that was played. I was like, I feel like I'm at a legit neo soul 90s, 2000s wedding because it was like the bangers. Like the groom came out to um, It's a Man's World. They came out at their reception to bring them out. Like it was very much so my age range wedding. And it was really good to see, again, to celebrate love, to celebrate joining, and to really see somebody you've seen kind of throughout their life be so happy and the love elude, um, exude from their body. So that was wedding number two. And this past week, we had wedding number three, um, which, again, had great music. It had drinks. And it was no kids. Like, that. that is the main thing. Anybody out there who's going to plan a wedding, single, not single, have kids, don't have kids, do not let people's kids come because that's the only way that people can enjoy themselves. If my kids had been there, I'd have been like, oh shit, I got to worry about what they're doing. I got to put them to sleep. Now, I will say preparing for all these weddings is stressful. A, because you got to worry about plane tickets and uh, accommodations in certain instances, babysitters, all that. Finding something to wear for three different weddings that may or may not be posted on social media is like a fucking nightmare because you got to worry about, does it look good? Oh Lord. Now I got to buy invest in three dresses. Cause now in the age of social media, you cannot repost the same dress. And if you do, you're like, they going to say, I said that I had this dress on before. Great. Okay. Now I got to deal with that. So I looked for dresses for like, months leading up to this um and it's funny I'm in another mom group and a mom in there goes to weddings often as well um and she always talks about ASOS dresses and that's where I got two of the three dresses that I wore to these weddings were from ASOS so if you've never heard of it it's ASOS.com it's not super duper expensive it's very good quality from what I've experienced and they're they're sexy um it's not like hoochie mama sexy if that's what you're going for there's nothing wrong with that but it's like I'm a 30-ish old woman or even I'm a 25 year old woman because some of those dresses are more risky than I would wear but it's still um not super expensive so I was able really able to be successful there now finding which one I wanted to wear and all that was a challenge but 
um, that is one of the, the things that come along. And I was like, good Lord, do I really have four weddings in like a three month span? And the answer was yes. And so that was the challenge for those weddings. And then the other challenge is finding a sitter. So two of the weddings I was good with because one of them was out of town. So I had to find a setter anyway. And another one was here. My kid, I was um, out of town before we went to that wedding. So my in-laws still had them. So my mom had one them for one. My in-laws had them for another. And my brother-in-law's wedding, the interesting thing is everybody who would watch our kids was at the wedding. So I left it up to my husband. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I'll find a setter. I'll find a sitter. Don't worry about it. Day before the wedding, oh, shit, I don't have no sitter. I'm like, for real? So I'm like scrambling, calling like every person that I can possibly think of who would want to watch two small children, which is hard. I don't even want to watch my own kids. So let alone somebody who doesn't know them well, wanting to watch them was like trying to find a needle in a haystack. I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, but we ended up finding a setter. Two of our friends watched them and I was super duper nervous because they don't have a, because they don't have kids, but I trusted them because they're adults and they've been around kids before. But I was like, are they going to act good? Are they going to, um, be rude? Are they going to go to sleep? Are they going to want all of them? Are they going to want to watch TV all day? Are they going to like, it was this whole long laundry list of stress. And I was like, Jennifer, you cannot stress about it. You're not going to stay home. Trust it. And whatever happens will happen. And they were fine. They were okay. Um, And my friends actually enjoyed watching them. So now the thing is we need to find like a young babysitter who want that will unfortunately have to pay um, to be consistent just because we don't ever want to be in a situation where we don't have a sitter. Granted, we are fortunate because we live around so much family that this was a abnormality that there wouldn't be somebody who would be able to watch our kids but that doesn't always happen there people have lives and go out of town and do all kind of other things um so that's one of our to-do list items is to chart to attempt to start finding a nanny is the wrong word because I don't want somebody all the time but like a a part-time babysitter for when we need to do stuff so that was really a a good takeaway but those were really all the things that kind of catapulted me into the situation of not being able to talk to you lovely people every week. Um, and now that looking back on it, um, I had a conversation with one of my friends today who's actually very, very, very pregnant. And she was like, y'all have been moving and going all year. I don't know how you've done it. And I was like, I don't either. I was like, we've only been like, you know, since the end of July, we've been moving. She was like, no, even before that, she's like, <coughs> you went to Puerto Rico for Mother's Day and then you were in LA and then you were here for work and then y'all did this and I was like well damn I really have been moving non-stop or we have been moving because if I'm not gone my husband's gone since May and I was like I don't really know how we've been able to do this but I think this past weekend it really came to a ahead because your body can't take that much wear and tear I've been tired and that probably is why I'm sick um because my body has not had time to rest because once the weekend comes around you have sports you have this or you're not here and you're traveling and I really didn't take the time to have self-care um so this Sunday after the wedding 
I literally laid on the couch all day long. I did not make breakfast. I did not make lunch. I went to the store and got a rotisserie chicken, lettuce, pico, and taco shells and made, not even made, put together tacos. Um, Cause I was sheerly exhausted. A, from the obscene amounts of alcohol that have been in my body. Um, B, from just moving so much. And I think we get so caught up in life that we don't realize how much movement we're doing and how much wear and tear that is on our bodies. And now I'm feeling it. Um, like I was at the doctor today and I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just really tired. I just feel sick all the time. And now that I'm thinking about it and really, um, talking about a lot of time and a, a large amount of time months in one setting, it's really like you've been moving almost all year. And I don't, our bodies are not equipped to do that type of activity and be going all the time without rest. Um, so my takeaway from our conversation, look, I got a lesson learned myself was, or is that I really need to take time to be able to decompress and to rest and relax. And even if it's just one day a week, I have to do that because if not, my body will suffer um, as it is suffering now and um, trying to figure out what it is. Um, So I think my big takeaways from this week's conversation are the importance of family and the importance of taking care of yourself and the importance of having realistic expectations for your children and the joy of celebrating love and or people who've been in long-term relationships or are newly having babies or are pregnant, it's sometimes very hard to see the value in your partner. They get on your nerves. They um, don't do the things they ask you to do. They um, take for granted that they have a maid and nanny and babysitter and cook and secretary and CFO and all those things. Um, but they are still our partners and our, um, companions and seeing new love and thinking about how you've been in your relationships. It's a difference. And I think with all of these weddings and attending funerals, my big takeaway from all those things are is to celebrate the now. There is tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. Um, none of us, not you, not me. Um, unfortunately, there are our children. You know, there have been two hurricanes where millions of people have been affected and lost everything. Um, and at the end of the day, what you have left is love and family. And for me, if I remember those two things and I take those things with me every day, knowing that my kids are going to get on my nerves, my husband's probably going to irritate me. There's probably going to be a dish not done. Work is probably going to irritate me. I'm going to be stuck in traffic. I'm going to be doing all these things. But if you try to keep the forefront of your mind, love, and I feel like I'm a cliche right now. Um, but if you try to keep that in the forefront of your mind, I think it really does change your perception 
because there are tons of things going on in the world right now, but all you really can focus on and control is how you react to them. And one thing that you have control of is how how you share and spread love and positivity. So with that, thank you all for being patient. Thank you all for who have tuned in this week. I will try my best to be back with you guys next week. And um, as always, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us via email at info at shitshowershave.com. That is shit with a Y, not an I. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at shitshowershave. And you can also visit our website at shitshowershave.com. Um, I don't know who our guest coming up will be. Um, we've gotten a lot of new followers on social media. That's the one place I have been active because um, there are all those wonderful thoughts that I have every day about these little kids that sometimes I call assholes because um, they are. Um, but we do have tons of new followers there. You can definitely check out that feed send us a like, comment, subscribe. Um, and we have well surpassed 100 at this point. So we will be doing some type of giveaway soon. So stay tuned for that. And also, I almost forgot. Um, I also, while I have not been podcasting, I have been in the midst of planning the first annual Shit Shower Shave Mother's Day retreat, which will be in May. I believe it's the 10th through the 13th. Um, Look out for information for that. It should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And until next week, have a good week and stay positive and spread love.